Welcome to Something Positive for Positive People. I'm Courtney Brain. Something Positive for Positive People is a podcast featuring interviews and conversations with people living with or affected by sexually transmitted infections. Today I'm here with Olivia Richmond, aka Glamour Puss. How are you today? Glamour Puss MD, Courtney! Oh, my bad. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> uh, I love the excitement and the enthusiasm. I'm so and you're on my YouTube channel. Yeah, I'm excited that you're here, and I'm excited to be here. Tell us about yourself. So, I'm Olivia, a.k.a. Glamour Plus MD. That is my YouTube channel. I'm a third-year medical student. I'm currently living in Brooklyn, New York. And uh, my mother's Cuban. My father's Jewish. I am a Jubin, a Jewish Cuban. And I'm 29 years old. And, uh, oh, I have a boyfriend. I have a boyfriend. And I met him in medical school, and we've been dating for almost four years. Awesome. So when I reached out, I was originally reaching out because I came across your YouTube channel and you were talking about STIs. Little known to me that you were living with one yourself. Yeah, yeah. So I have herpes on my mouth. (laughs) And I've had it since I was like a little kid. And, you know, I have outbreaks every year. Actually, Courtney... I'm so glad that I remembered to say this. So I would have outbreaks like almost every year, just like once a year outbreak, like here, here, anywhere, right? Just like one little outbreak, whatever. I started meditation and in medical school, that's when I first learned how to meditate and I started meditating a lot, like almost every day. And since I started medical school, and I can't say that this is for everybody, I'm just saying for me, this is what happened, is I haven't had an outbreak since I started med school. I figured it would be the other way around. Wouldn't med school stress you I out? <laughs> and I was like, here it comes. I know yeah. they're going to come now because medical school is stressful. So <laughs> here we go, you know. And um, and of course, you know, I'm like, oh, I just started dating this guy, you know. And I'm going to have to be like, oh, by the way, I have herpes on my mouth. Like, yeah. oh, you know, like how do I have this conversation? Uh-huh. Um, had it anyway, even though I didn't have an outbreak. And, um, yeah, meditation was just, like, game-changing. Okay. And what got you introduced to meditation? Like, how'd you get introduced to that? My best friend from medical school and my roommate, um, Amon, she's, like, amazing. And Mm -hmm. she meditated herself, and she was like, do you want to try it? And I was like, yeah, sure, why not? Um, I'm starting medical school, and I need some zen in my life. (laughs) And, uh... And so that's how I started it. And I actually went to school. It's a Caribbean medical school. It's called American University of Antigua College of Medicine, a.k.a. AUA for short. And so it's down in the Caribbean in Antigua. And it's like gorgeous beaches, like sunshine, like just like amazing. We only went to the beaches after exams, though, because we were in the library the rest of the time. So, you know, just like sitting on the beach and meditating before an exam, like the day before an exam, I would go to the beach when I was done studying for the day and just like meditate on the beach. Yeah. Uh, And it was very serene. It was fabulous. Good. Growing up, um, how old were you when you say that you noticed that you got cold sores? The first one that I really remember was seventh grade. Mm -hmm. So I was 12. 12 or 13, I got them because my dad had them and we, you know, shared cups and were kissed, you know? So it's interesting with herpes, right? So I'm in a family of four. I have a sister, my mom, my dad, and I. And my dad, he has outbreaks about once a year. And 
he kisses my mom, he kisses my sister, and he kisses me, but I'm the only one that also is symptomatic from herpes. So my sister has never had an outbreak, and my mom has never had an outbreak, but they are uh, have been exposed, they just are asymptomatic. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And so your dad still, like, kissed you all? He wasn't like, oh, I'm not going to kiss you. Like, was this something that was discussed between you guys? My mom's a doctor, and so it wasn't like, oh, my God, this is gross. This is like, oh, this is a virus, just like a virus that you get when you get, you know, another viral infection, when you get a cold. Like, that's a virus. So it's not like, oh, that's so disgusting. It's just, you know, and also he might not have had a visual, like, it might not have been visible the outbreak mm-hmm. but uh, I think the virus sheds like a few days before and also maybe a few days after it becomes visible don't quote me on that though so he might not have known that he was about to have an outbreak or maybe he thought when it was crusted over so yeah but mm-hmm. when I did start having them in seventh grade I remember being embarrassed of them I was like oh my god but I would I was able to cover it up and be like oh it's a cold sore it's a cold sore you know and like not make it oh it's not a big deal it's a cold sore but uh now I own it now I'm just like no it's herpes this is herpes at my mouth (laughs) (laughs) and when you when you told people that did you get any judgment when you went from this is a cold sore to this is herpes I felt like I think like they were more uncomfortable like since I owned it (laughs) and I was just like like, this is what it is, and I'm, like, taking full responsibility and ownership for it. I think that was uncomfortable on their end. I think that so many people have STIs that they're unwilling to talk about, which is the main thing of my, my YouTube channel, is to destigmatize and normalize all of these topics that are uncomfortable or things that people are embarrassed or ashamed to talk about. So I want to lead the way on that. So that's how I lead the way on it. I will say it first, I'll say it loud, and maybe my vulnerability and my openness will allow them to express something that they normally wouldn't. Yeah, and have you found that to be the case whenever you share and be vulnerable with someone, that they share and be vulnerable right back? Absolutely. Like I, Just the more authentic I am with myself and with others, and the more vulnerable I am with my sharing, people see that vulnerability, and I think that they realize, wow, I could open up as well because she's giving me something that is dear and close to her heart that she might not share with everybody. Mm-hmm. So I think it's it definitely helps people to open up as well. Right. And I'm not embarrassed by it, so yeah. I'm okay sharing it. I'm, I'm okay being vulnerable with it. Uh, it's not a big deal. It doesn't define me as a human being. Well, do you think that it's been in, like, it's not a big deal for you because you had it as a kid. You know that your father has it and you know that your mom has it, your sister has it, your mom is a medical professional. Do you think that that helped in your confidence about having cold sores, AKA herpes? Totally. Yes. 100%. You hit the nail on the head. Uh, if they were embarrassed by it themselves, if it, if they did not normalize it themselves, then I wouldn't either. So I think it's totally understandable how people aren't as comfortable with it as I am. Uh, It was just that was my childhood with my mother being a doctor. It's like, oh, you have a bacterial infection. Here's here's antibiotics. You have you have an outbreak of herpes. Here's your you know your antiviral medication. Like it's not. But yes, exactly. Like it was only because they were so open and 
willing to communicate and talk about it like it was anything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's why I, I believe that I'm confident in, and uh, accepting of it myself. Good. Grown up in a household like that, I'm interested in you sharing that experience. I mean, it seems to me like it was so not a big deal at all that it was probably never even talked about. Like, and whenever it did come up, it was just handled and that was what it was. Is that correct? Yeah, like, it was never a thing. So when it was talked about, it wasn't like, here we are talking about this thing again. Like, it was just like, oh, what do you want for dinner? And did you get your Valtrax? Like, (laughs) you know, it wasn't, it was like, you know, did you have your greens today? And, you know, did you remember to take your meds? It wasn't a thing. So nobody made it a thing, even when it came up in conversation. Right. Just to to link that back to, like, one of my first episodes in my channel – Like, if we talk about it, like, if we use the word vagina as easily and comfortably as we say the word eyeball or hand or, you know, I I got my hair done today. Like, I got my vagina hair done today or something. I don't know. You know, whatever it is. Like, if you're just, like, so comfortable and just, like, spew it out as much as possible, then people start to become comfortable with it as well. Mm -hmm. And so if we're able to talk about about these topics, you know, if we could talk about sex, if we could talk about STIs, you know, imagine how much more we could solve. Like, if we're not talking about these issues, it's under the carpet. It's, you know, we're under the rug. And how are we going to solve anything? It's just normalizing herpes. How do we begin to do that? We talk about it. We talk about it. You know, um, I I don't really have an answer yet to politically correct, politically incorrect jokes. When I am with people and like, I remember in the past, whenever I would ask a friend, I'm like, Oh, can I have a sip of your water? And they're like, yeah, sure. I don't have herpes. And I'm like, Oh, there's so many things wrong with that. Not wrong with that statement, but there's so many things that you could dissect from that statement. Um, now I'm very comfortable being like, I do, but it's not an outbreak. Do they take their cubs back? <laughs> right, right. They're like, okay. <laughs> um, so what else could they do, you're saying? Right? Yeah. I don't well, know. I mean, what I'm generally asking is, in your experience, from your perspective, how do we begin to normalize it beyond just talking about it? Like, when a situation like that occurs, if someone... Uh, with herpes, ask for a sip of someone's water, and their friend goes, oh, it's okay, I don't have herpes here. Do we say, or what do you think about this? Do we say, oh, well, I do? Or do we, hey, that's not cool. Like, how do we respond to something like that? I mean, I know how I would respond at this point. I don't think anyone who knows me would say that to me. If it's a stranger, I can be like, ha-ha, well, I do, and if you have a problem with it, I can just go and get my own water. Like, I'd yeah. say something along those lines. Like, it wouldn't be me being a jerk to them. I wouldn't lecture them or anything like that. It will just be dismissed. Making them aware of the fact that what they did was very judgmental because I'm where I am with it, uh, with my status about having herpes. This is how I would handle it. But I can't speak for everyone. And that's an awesome response. That's so great. I think that if I want to educate them, I also I don't want to throw them under the bus with like judging them for the joke. So I I feel like I would handle it with hitting with them with a bat. I don't I don't <laughs> have the exact numbers here, but I'm pretty sure it's like like a one percent chance or less than a one percent chance. Like if I'm not having an outbreak, there's a very small percentage for me to give it to you if mm-hmm. we're sharing a water bottle. 
you know, like, I think it's, like, so minuscule. So I would, I would say something, I would personally say something like that, be like, oh, I actually do have oral herpes, but, like, I'm not having an outbreak right now. I could not touch the, the cap if you want, and I'll just, you know, pour it out without the cap. Is that okay with you? That way, like, I'm coming from, like, a totally non-judgment. Like, what their, what their joke, that it was fine that they have that joke, because that's what they're thinking is, you know? They, they don't know. Maybe they don't have herpes. They don't know anybody who has herpes, so... Yeah, they can make that joke. It's like people who make gay jokes where it's like, it's okay. You know, you and I spoke about this before. Right. And I'm like, oh, well, like, you know, I, I take offense to that. Like, you know, gay is a synonym for stupid or dumb. And um, I just, you know, it's insulting. Maybe we could use another word, you know, yeah. and I throw <laughs> something like that to them. Uh-huh. So uh, I, would, I would probably hit them just with a fact. I think that's a good approach as well. Only issue that I have with the statistics and the facts are that they're so inconsistent. And I think that a lot of it has to do with the wording. One of the recent statistics that I've seen is one out of six people have herpes. One out of five people have oral herpes. One out of four people have genital herpes. And then like the statistics continue to break down from there. When someone goes to disclose to a new potential partner presenting these facts and they, you know, disclose, tell them what it means, present these facts. And then that person goes on and does their own research and details. They can be like, wait a minute. This says one thing, this says something else, and it just looks so confusing because generally the angle is herpes is so common. This is how many people have it. And then you say this is how many people have it, and then they go to see that that's not true. Like what you gave me is inconsistent with all these other things that are on the Internet. So it's very challenging. I think that that's a big challenge for people, too, is to be able to present consistent facts and there are companies uh working to get this consistency like projectaccept.org is working to get like consistent data out there on the statistics of herpes um what i'm trying to focus on more so is people's experience to help give an idea of just how different everyone is how you know you have outbreaks once a year i've had one like visible outbreak and whenever i've felt or got paranoid about anything coming i would go on and just take the medication two pills a day for three days six hours apart um and be good until further notice i have something that i want to say to that and i might have a sneeze coming so i'm just forewarning you on that one thing i do want to say with all the other stis and like how we treat all of them and you know is it one in four is it one in five like who's herpes you know in the medical field what I can say for sure, herpes is like so at the bottom of of all the doctors, even medical students when we're learning about it. It's at the bottom of everyone's list. It's like I think we have like two PowerPoint slides on herpes. Like that's how like benign herpes is. Mm-hmm. It's not a big deal. It, you're not gonna have like you know life threatening consequences unless you're immunocompromised. That's another category, but. You're not going to have these, like, severe life-threatening... It's honestly... It's more emotional, I think. I really think it's, like, more of, like, an emotional stigma in this country, probably around the world. Like, syphilis, gonorrhea, chlamydia, all of those are like, oh, ha, ha, ha. But, like, herpes, oh, my God, it's for life, so this is horrible. But, like, syphilis can kill you. Like, that's an STI that literally could kill you if you don't get it treated, you know, long-term, long-term. But, like, 
herpes is so benign it's not a big deal mm-hmm. uh so i think when we look at all the stis together herpes for some reason because you have it lifelong it's at the top of everyone's concerns and the rest of them even though they cause you know like blindness and death and like all these other really intense side effects or consequences herpes because of the stigma it's at the top of the list even yeah. though for medical in the medical field it's like I think that the people who have genital herpes more so consider themselves to be more stigmatized than the people who have oral herpes. Is that something that you would agree with? Yeah, I would. I would. And um, I'm sure that adds to my comfort level of sharing it, but still sharing it is sharing it. And it's herpes, talking about herpes is not the norm still. Yeah. So even though it's just oral herpes i still do what i can to share it as much as i can so that i do wait now when you say share it what do you mean if it comes up like if it comes up if it's like a joke you know it won't be like hi i'm olivia i have herpes you know um, you share the facts about herpes because it it sounded like you were saying i share herpes as much as i can (laughs) (laughs) thank you thank you I mean, I know I know what you meant. I know what you meant, but I just wanted to make sure that everyone else did. Yeah. But um, I think it's a lot more challenging for people who have genital herpes just because, like, now a lot of our identities are tied to, you know, our gender. It, there's a double standard there of how men are with sex and how women are with sex. So when women contract an STI, such as herpes, like, now their identity is threatened based on, like, societal sort of social programming, which we can go on for days about social programming. And then with men, it's like, it, it's kind of the same thing depending on the type of man or person you are like based on the media programming you're not supposed to really talk about it or be emotional about it so again just goes down to how we treat sex uh in general or how we talk about it or don't talk about it that continues to bring up this continuous negative emotional response to having an sti yeah and so then i have a question for you your viewpoint changed like before you had before you got diagnosed with herpes and then afterwards like how did you view like having sex with people like were you did you have did you personally have a stigma against it and then when you got it you were like oh my god yeah so i've never even i can't remember one time where i had a conversation of hey do you have any stis like there's there's one that i had to sit down and like really think about to remember and i had that conversation and she was like nope i got tested for everything i'm clean and then bam we went at it but outside of that herpes never came up like i had friends who would tell me hey uh i found out that so-and-so has herpes and they weren't jerks about it or anything. It, I don't know where the relationship went. I think they like still hung out, but that was it. That was the only time I really heard of herpes, you know, outside of jokes or comedians or in the media. But after I got it, I was like, oh shit, all of those things, like no one's going to want to have sex with me. Um, it's going to be difficult to be in a relationship. I'm going to be masturbating for the rest of my life. Those were the kinds of thoughts that hit. And then when I found out, it was like, oh shit, you know, who else did I give this to? And turns out I didn't give it to anybody I thought, you know, I may have given it to or uh, could have gotten it from. So I was just kind of stuck like, well, where did this come from? And so not having that closure or whatever has been fine um, because now it's like, all right, clear conscious. I haven't given it to anyone like I have it. This is what it is. And then I began to have my own experiences with it. Like when I found out 
about outbreaks specifically. Like, oh, it's not going to always look like what it did when I was first diagnosed. And it went away. I was like, oh, okay, well, what else is there? And then it was just like, manage your stress, uh, work out, eat right, avoid certain foods, which I haven't avoided certain foods because I believe that it's like everyone's different. Some people can have chocolate and certain protein powders and stuff like that others can't for me nothing really changed except for i started to really manage my stress and eat and work out uh, or eat better and work out and then sex wise the only difference was i started to have that conversation it made me start to have that conversation and be more mindful of my own sexual health and start to make sure that i wore protection so if anything it was more of a positive than anything else because now I was beginning to have conversations that should have been had prior to me getting herpes, which is ass backwards. You would think that I would have tried to not get an STI by asking that question, but afterwards it was like, okay, hey, I have an STI, so here's what it is. Yeah, yeah, totally. How has your experience been in dating? So as someone who's grown up with cold sores on your face, calling it herpes, how has dating been for you? I, think, I feel like the one time that I really ran into something was when I was dating this guy for a short period of time, but we were, you know, moving forward with our relationship and I had an outbreak and I was like, oh my God, now I'm having an outbreak and now, you know, I give it to him. And so like this conversation has to be had and it was like really, it was embarrassing. You know, this was like years ago. I was like, like 22, 23, 24, something like that. And, um, and I totally did it over text. I was just like, cause I had to like, you know, I like had to like quickly pick something up my, at his apartment and I was just like, Oh my God. So I texted it to him and he was like freaking out. And I was like, what did I do? This is horrible. Like I should have said this before this and that to make himself feel better. You know, he had a, a doctor friend and he called him up and the doctor friend was like, like, no, you're fine. Like you haven't had an outbreak and has she kissed you recently? And he was like, no. And, and he was like, no, you're fine. And you've probably already been exposed to it with the amount of people you've already hooked up with or oh. <laughs> you've shared or, you know what I mean? Like, and he was like, it's not, you know, this isn't a thing. I think once he got a doctor's like, okay from it, then he was, he was okay with it. He was fine with it. And it wasn't, you know, wasn't a thing for the rest of our relationship. And then... Yeah, I, I tell my partners, like, when I'm when I'm about to have an outbreak, I obviously, you know, you can feel it. It's, like, tingling. And so um, I make sure that I'm very clear and direct with that. Oh, okay. For the relationship that you're in now, how long were you seeing each other? Almost four years. So, wait, I thought you were a third-year med student. Yeah, so it was, I had to take, like, six months off to study for uh, the first part of my medical boards. So I'm still, it's like, I'm in my third year and a half got it okay and how was he about it does he have it too or was he just accepting of it yeah yeah he's never had an outbreak we no like he was he was fine with it at first he was like i think it was like a month into us dating and i felt a tingling coming on and i was like and i just like turned around because we were in the room together and i was just like so gotta tell you something right now because now i'm feeling this you know like feeling the tingling and i'm like i have i have oral herpes you know i've had it since as long as i can remember and he was like his face if you could watch it on my channel now you have to go to the youtube video and watch this so that you can see the facial reactions he's a face i was like um carl i have 
down. Also, I think that you have to look at it from the other person's perspective. And also, like, even though he did make that base, I'm like, all right, Olivia, like, let's not minimize it. Like, this is a big thing for him. Treat it as a big thing for him, you know? Like, really just, like, get what he's feeling and all of that stuff. You know, really communicate it clearly. So, he, whatever. You know, I took my vow checks. I think it came out, maybe. I'm not, I don't remember, to be honest. But he's never had an outbreak. Like, there's... He's never, ever had an outbreak. That's just, I don't know, what you could tell from, you know, if you do kiss somebody that has herpes, you might not be symptomatic. What was his response? He didn't get up and leave, or did he ask questions, or what? I think he asked questions. He Mm -hmm. was just like, all right, so, you know, this do you have genital herpes also? And I was like, no. And he was like, okay, like, you've had it for, you know, since you were little. And I was like, yes. And he was like, okay, all right. And I was just like, you know, you're going to definitely be exposed to it if you haven't already which you probably have but like you'll definitely be exposed to it if i kiss you when i have an outbreak and so that's just the time where we have to stay clear um and you know not have skin-to-skin contact and he was like okay all right okay and i was like are you good with this are you cool with this like is this all fine and he was like yeah this is fine this is good i think even if he did walk out on me and was like no this isn't okay like, this is not okay with me. Of course, it, I would be hurt, but I also know I'm awesome. You know, like, I'm an awesome person, and I am not herpes. Like, I am Olivia Glenn Presenti, medical student, like, so cool, like, all this other stuff. And I have oral herpes, you know? <laughs> but, so, even if he did walk out, I'd be like, it's all right, on to the next one. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's so important for people to realize, like, a lot of people identify very closely with having herpes as the end of their identity and again like it ties to your sexual identity but who you are is beyond that and you just really have to get to a point where you are able to accept yourself and be able to say to yourself okay i have herpes and dot 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 you know i'm this awesome person i have this amazing personality i have this much i have this to offer this is what i'm deserving of this is not what i'm going to allow these are the boundaries that i have there's so many more things to life than having herpes you know despite where you've gotten it from whether from childhood or a one-night stand or very unfortunate circumstances where people do contract herpes as well it's important for us not to identify with that and remember who we were before we got herpes and decide if, if being that person no longer serves us, then we can make whatever changes. But we have the option to decide who we are. Yeah, and you are still the same person. You know, the same person before you had herpes and the same person after you had herpes. Um, the, the way I really like to look at it, and it's it's in my herpes video on YouTube, it's called Le Herpes, um, is just that it's, it's a virus. So... So on in oral herpes, um, the virus lives on your trigeminal nerve. So it's just a nerve that that uh, supplies innervation and nerve nerve endings to the face. So it just really it likes to live on the trigeminal nerve, and so then that's why you're going to see it here, right on your on your on your lips. Um, it also can come out in other places, but mainly it's on your lips. But and same with with uh, genital herpes. You know, it's I'm pretty sure it's the pudendal nerve, but I can tell. Oh yeah, that. I'm bad with names. I just know it's in the base of the spine that generally. Yeah, area. I'm pretty sure it's the pudendal nerve that it lives on. But like that's where like the little bacteria, buddy. Like he just likes to live right there. You know, like and then you talk about any other bacteria or the virus, right? The virus 
Or you talk about like any other viral infection or bacterial infection. Let's take pneumonia, for example, which is bacterial infection. So like that little buddy likes to live in your lungs, you know? So it's like this little bacteria likes to live in this place and that virus likes to live in that place. And they just look a little different and like it's attached to different things. So it's really the language that we use, you know, it's like, it's like, Oh my God, you have pneumonia. Sorry. We can't date ever. Versus like, yeah, you have herpes. Like it's just a different, a different organism that lives in a different part of your body. Yeah. It's, it's okay. Yeah. And it doesn't end your life. Life's not over because you contract herpes by any means. And, I mean, there's plenty of us who can attest to it. Uh, there's other podcast episodes where people talk about their experience of how life is not over. There's this conversation we're having. And then there are tons of people out there who can, you know, you may not even know have herpes. I mean, statistically speaking, we all know someone who has herpes. We just don't know it, you know, because they've chosen not to tell us or it's just none of our business or there's no reason for them to tell us but i think that that's the mindset that we need to carry on especially people who are hsv positive to know you're not the only person who has herpes and you're not the only person you know who has herpes you just don't know it yet yeah exactly exactly and the majority of people have been exposed to herpes already you know if you just look at my my mom my sister and my boyfriend who have all kissed me throughout their our entire lives and they've never had an outbreak. So they're all exposed to it. You know, like they, their antibodies would probably come up positive if they had a, a blood culture. But they just never had an outbreak before. So yeah. it's very common. Yeah. So we talked a little bit throughout this podcast about your YouTube channel. So why don't you, like, take this time to tell us what it is. Like, what are you doing? What is Glamour Puss MD? Hey. I got to tell you, when I first saw the name, I kind of chuckled. I was like... I thought it was, uh, I thought you were selling sex toys or something. I seriously <laughs> thought that. And then I went to the channel and was like, oh, we're talking about STIs. <laughs> That's right. So uh, my channel, oh my God, I'm obsessed with it. Yeah, my channel, Glamour Plus ND, I am talking about, first I'm talking about like, why does a girl get her period? Then I talk about like STIs, I talk about sex, I talk about uh just normalizing that language that's my main point of my youtube channel is to destigmatize and normalize language around sex because my theory is that if we normalize language around sex then we can talk about issues such as sexual harassment assault consent and so those are the videos that i'm getting into now and i've made videos on harassment harassment in the workplace sexual assault i've had my cousin come on who was sexually assaulted in college and she talked about her experience and the episode was like light and easy and just open and that's how i want everyone to be talking about it that's how that's what i want to create in this world i want to create openness around sex so that we can create openness around sexual assault and if we can talk about it that we can solve these issues uh, so that's what my YouTube channel is about. I'm going to get into other things, like everything about, it's geared towards adolescents. So anything in an adolescent's life, you know, drinking, drugs, relationships, how to have empowered relationships, how to have really good communication in your relationships. So right now what I'm doing, what I'm shooting is, I haven't really said any of these yet, but what I'm shooting is whenever my boyfriend get into an argument, um, me, both me and him have taken this, empowerment life communications course that just like totally changed our lives it was amazing fantastic 
And so we have these tools in communication and how we solve our, our arguments. So whenever we get into an argument, I, I'm like, pause, don't say anything. And I like grab my video camera and I like, I put it in front of us. All right. I'm like, okay, go, let's continue. Like start from the beginning of what this fight's about. And so then we talk out the fight and we solve it within five to seven minutes, you know, what, regardless of what the fight's about, we solve it within less than 10 minutes, less than 10 minutes. Yeah. And we just use those tools uh, to figure out how to solve the problems. And so that's what I really want to teach adolescents. Uh, I want to teach them that you could have empowered, happy, fulfilled lives. It's just, you have to learn the tools of life and that's all there is to it. And so that's what my YouTube channel is. That's what my goals are for my YouTube channel. Good. Well, I mean, whatever I can do to help, just let me know because we need that. The more comfortable we are able to discuss topics such as sex, like you said, we can get into handling more serious issues, such as consent, sexual assault, uh, people being in toxic relationships, learning what a healthy relationship is, and most importantly, being able to communicate not only with your partners, but with yourself. That's what I wasn't going to say, because I, I, in my head, saying communicate with yourself didn't sound right. internal dialogue you know judgments and judgments of myself judgments of other people you know am i good enough all of that is inside your head so yes communication with yourself as well communication in general this looks like a really good place to wrap up we covered everything that i needed you for is there anything that you want to leave the listeners with go check out my channel glamour plus md it's on youtube i'm on instagram and i would love for you to just share it the knowledge needs it's urgent the knowledge needs to get out there so yeah that would be my my call to action and then also i would love to do another episode and actually interview you and flip this around um yeah we're gonna we're gonna save that for a future we can do that we can do that i always love when like when i get to get asked questions because i do it all the time like for other people and I love listening to people, but then when I get to talk, good luck turning it off. I'm going to have to cut you off. <laughs> uh, but all right, guys, this concludes this episode of Something Positive for Positive People with Olivia Richmond, a.k.a. Glamour Puss MD. She can be found on YouTube. Go and subscribe to her channel. Like it. Watch some videos. It's just Glamour Puss MD. She's also on Instagram. She's dancing right now as I do this outro. <laughs> Uh, please like, rate, review, share the podcast, something positive for positive people. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, Reddit, at H on my chest, and the YouTube channel as well. Until next time, stay positive.